This is Sam Curry, and you're listening to Security All In, a podcast where we try to figure out when people went all in on security or security went all in on them. We interview folks to see their story, and uh, in many ways we talk about risk. We also look a little bit at uh, poker as an analogy for taking risk, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't, but is always fun. And so with that, I'm thrilled to be joined today by Thomas Johnson, who goes by TJ, who's the CISO at Server Central Turing Group, a name that I'm fascinated to hear more about as well, by the way, as I'm a big fan of Alan Turing, and you're in the greater Chicago area. Thanks for joining us, TJ. Excellent. I'm glad to be here. So tell me about the Turing in uh, Server Central Turing Group, SCTG. What is the spirit at the center? As you mentioned, uh, the Turing Group part was named after um, Alan Turing, and it was actually a combination of two companies, Server Central and Turing Group. Turing Group was uh, an, a, its own entity, and uh, Server Central was also. And at the end of 2018, Server Central and Turing Group had been partnering on different deals, and they decided to combine efforts so that they can provide end-to-end cloud slash data center synergies for the clients. So mm-hmm. Server Central, you know, owns or leases uh, large blocks of wholesale space and data centers around the world and didn't have really a cloud solution. Turing Group had, is, you know, a premier AWS partner. I think it's, there's a certain, I think it's advanced AWS partner or something like that in Chicago. And uh, they decided to combine efforts so they have end-to-end capabilities. Sounds like peanut butter and chocolate coming together, if uh, you'll forgive the analogy. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I'm sure they have more eloquent ways of saying it. How'd you come to be there? And what is it you do most days from a responsibility perspective? So I uh, came, I was actually pretty good friends with the CEO of Turing Group and had uh, collaborated with him on a couple of things throughout the years. And he had asked me to, to come on board once upon a time and I was having a good time being a consultant at a consulting firm. And I said, no, that's okay. I mean, everything is cool. I, I like what I'm doing. Pretty much living the life of a rock star cybersecurity consultant. And Aren't we uh, all? Isn't that what this I, is for? I know. It's exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I've, I've got uh, illusions of, uh, you know, me swooping into companies, uh, fixing stuff, and then... Uh, you have the cape for it. You might as well, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So... Yeah, I was like, you know, I'm cool. Everything's good. Fast forward, you know, about a year or so and basically said, hey, you know what? We combine efforts, Service Central, Service Central Touring Group, SCTG. How about you revisit uh, coming on board? And, um, you know, he made some compelling arguments. I kind of like tried to figure out whether this would be a good fit for me. And uh, it was, it is. And I'm really excited that I made the leap. So you said swooping, and that makes me think, I know you're big into aviation. Was that a, do you look at most of security and what you do as uh, from the lens of a pilot or an aviator? You know, in a lot of cases, I do. It's kind of hard not to. I once upon a time had a a company that provided flight instruction for uh, advanced capability aircraft. You know, doing that for so long and have been flying for a little over 20 years, it's hard not to put pieces together. You know, for example, checklists and standard mm-hmm. operating procedures and things like that. Pre-flight checklists look an awful lot like uh, getting it right for the project launch, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, just things like, you know, digesting, you know, audit checklists and th- things like that. It's kind of comes naturally to me. 
you come from an Air Force family, I believe, right? Yes. Why did you go the security route? Did you follow a career in aviation at some point, or were you just so enamored of this security vision and wearing a cape that you had to go a different way? You know, I thought cybersecurity was the coolest. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was actually an accident. I did not want to be in the Air Force. My grandfather was in the Air Force. My father was in the Air Force. I've got an uncle that uh, has some you know, military background, and my brother was in the Air Force. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, you know usual punk teenager like I don't want to have anything to do with that stuff right so mm. I was heavily into electronics electronics engineering it was a it was a hobby of mine and I also did this little computer thing on the side I fixed people's computers back in the 80s right so I went to Purdue for electronics technology and uh, switched uh, degrees like five times I would say no, I'm just kidding it was actually twice I think I, I think <laughs> I got to beat I think I changed my degree three times so really okay and cool no shame there right uh, most of us are, are eclectic or uh, diverse people in, in right school. well when you're that age you're kind of thinking you don't really know what you want to do and then you have some of these like you know funky mental bends like you know what I don't want to do this for a living because this is what I do for a hobby and if if I do this for a living then it'll just become a you know it's just you just kind of yeah. go through this stuff and you're like you know okay that's dumb so, yeah, I found myself working at a bank, uh, and uh, I was the, I think it was system support specialist. So, so I, really, I built, IT as opposed to a broken out security function of some sort. Yes, yeah, and I, IT is really where it was at back in, I think I started in 1990. I was the guy that wheeled the computer, uh, I think it was an 8088 processor, mm-hmm. to the auditor this week because they needed to use it and hooked up the printer. And then next week I had to bring it to the CFO because they needed to do something on Lotus 123, for example. That was the extent of my technology prowess at the time. That was a big deal. That was was not something that everybody did then. Yeah, I know. And I did a lot on the, um, you know, as part of, you know, some of these, what were they called? Like user groups or whatever, you know, just like tinkering with computers, building computers and, you know, I had some kind of Frankenstein mess in my basement that I was, you know, collaborating together. And so it really started out in technology. Yeah, and I remember the user groups. I, I mean, they must still exist, but I used to have to go do the rounds for, oh, yeah. for, for like McAfee or any right. number of, of roles that I had in the past where I'd have to go and go you know, group to group and tell them about the latest and greatest. And they had huge influence. Yeah, I know. I, I was part of the uh, Novell uh, user group. Oh, Netware. Cargo. Yeah. yeah, Netware. I was a heavy Netware user um, through the years and uh, kind of an evangelist for them. Did some uh, speaking engagements at Brainshare and stuff like that. But And that's where technology started to kind of like amalgamate with the security. I mean, back then there was no like, you know, at least in smaller organizations, there was no security folks, security yeah. stuff. I was, I, I was I remember there still isn't, by the way. It's, it's not and, a... and then, you know, that's a good point. That is a really good point. I was the network engineer and I also, you know, I program the firewall and you know we we had snort that did some you know rudimentary intrusion detection stuff and you know then we got audited i worked for banks for about 20 years so heavily regulated we got audited by the regulators they were doing this edp audit electronic data processing audit like oh what's that so i think i knew probably a little bit more than the auditors when they were coming in and and what needed to happen and um that really kind of started the uh train going down the audit compliance and governance path. Uh, I started writing policies. I was like, hey, I could do this. This is not difficult and kind of came naturally to me. So you turned, you turned up at the knife fight with a gun. Um, yes. <laughs> and this is before compliance really 
became the monster in the mid to late 2000s. Um, Certainly. It was a catalyst for uplifting so much of the industry, especially financial services. But do you think that separating security from IT in some way has removed responsibility from security from the rest of the company? Because, you know, today I think, I don't know if this is your observation, but I think one of the biggest problems we have is a lack of alignment between security and the business. And you were there before the split. And now I presumably you're now wearing the big security hat. Um, sure. Has that made it harder for security to get inside the everyday of the IT department and other departments? I think it does. It is much more of a challenge. However, I worked for a failing financial institution once upon a time in Chicago here. And when I was situated underneath the CIO, it caused a lot of problems. You know, there's no way they were going to spend money on security initiatives or, you know, you know, especially in an organization that was kind of on a downward trajectory. It was more about enabling the user, the business, and um, the InfoSec budget just shrunk to almost nothing at one point in time. Yeah. Kind of yeah. a precarious position to be in. And that's I know, why I left. <laughs> I know at one point you considered being a pilot professionally, and I think you considered being a teacher. Um, yes. Looking back at the younger you, would you give that younger you advice or would you say, hey, run for the hills, take a different profession? Or is it, was this the right decision for you? You know, I think this was the right decision. It's been really rewarding. I met a lot of awesome people. I kind of like the culture of InfoSec in general. It's very collaborative and it's, uh, you know, you mentioned the teaching thing. I really enjoy education. And, uh, you know, even in the aviation industry, what I do in the aviation industry isn't as much as me flying around and you know, going somewhere for lunch. I, I still kind of maintain a little bit of, uh, I'm a flight instructor and uh, still maintain a little bit of the educational component of, of flying. And I also an adjunct professor at IIT. Yeah, so it sounds like teaching is, you didn't give it up, right? It's, I uh, didn't. They say that there's those who can do and those that teach. No offense meant to anybody yeah. out there, but <laughs> yes. I, I have a suspicion that you do and then come back and teach. Do you get a sense of reward from that? You, you must get some more than financial, but. I do. Yeah, I mean, I get a stipend basically. It's not too much, but it is rewarding. It's rewarding because talking to, at least on the uh, at IIT, talking to the uh, younger students about career paths and trying to help them get into the industry and seeing them flourish and come back. I mean, the, I save all the emails that I get from all my students. It says, hey, you know what? I did this. I'm here. Thank you a million. It's like that just made my day. It's amazing that, that when people take the effort to do that. And True. Anyone Most don't. No, people don't. It's funny when... Like when I fly, if I get exceptional service on an airplane and I write a letter, I've been told that people get promoted because of that, right? Be, really? That, yeah, it carries enormous weight. And certainly I've had this before, but it's an incredible feeling when someone says, I thought of you, what you did affected me, and I'm just going to send you a letter. Massively powerful. Um, it is. I try to do that as much as I can because, you know, I, I've benefited from it. Just uh, people send me a letter. I'm like, wow, that made my day for like a month, you know? <laughs> I'm like, if I could do that to somebody else, I'm going to try. But it's so hard. You know, if, if you're having a bad experience, it's so easy to write a letter and say, yeah, this is terrible. When you're having a great experience, you just enjoy it and keep on moving. Has doing security helped you the other way? Has it made you a better pilot, do you think? Or helped you in the other endeavors in your life? I think so. I think, you know, part of 
the InfoSec community in general kind of mirrors what the pilot community generally looks like, you know, just collaborative, engaging, want to share ideas. There's a lot of idea sharing and in information security. You know, we've got a group in Chicago here that they're main goal is to just share ideas with each other amongst CISOs. The same thing happens on the um, aviation community. It's all about sharing and collaborating and making sure you learn from mistakes. Uh, of other people. There's also a high degree of camaraderie, I find. Um, you know, one of the reasons you get together is to absolutely share ideas, but then it's inevitable you make deep relationships, which make it more rewarding too. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I've, I've met a lot of awesome people in uh, information security, cybersecurity, and uh, a lot of those relationships I, I, I cherish. So change the mental image here rather than advising the younger you back in the day what would you advise somebody coming up today given the shape of the world and you certainly made the leap to cloud computing what would you say to somebody who is either in security already or not or thinking if it's right for them how would you advise them and what would you recommend they do if they're considering it you know i would recommend at least if they're in school and college and going along an information security related track I would recommend them looking at consulting opportunities. I had the most fun and gained the most experience as a consultant than I could ever imagine. You know, some of the pieces that get missed there are some of the you know, managerial components where you're maybe managing somebody, you have to deal with uh, workplace conflict, um, hiring, firing, all of that kind of stuff, which I actually teach a class at IIT about that. You kind of miss some of that in the consulting side, but that allows you to kind of really hone your skill and get deep into InfoSec. It's funny, when you started saying that, I was thinking you were going to go down the path of, of teaching is the best way to learn, but instead it sounds like you're saying more jump right in. Like jump just right start in. doing it. Absolutely. I'd say jump right in. Yeah, there's a, a fine balance, I think, for younger folks entering the industry between do I know enough and why don't I have more already? Mm, that's true. It's tough, but frankly you should always be one step ahead of what you're ready for, I think. Would you say that that resonates? That does resonate. I would say you certainly need to be one step ahead of what you're ready for. Yeah. If not, you're not challenging yourself, I think, at the right rate. Or yeah, um, Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing that I often try to emphasize, it's about how the rates of improvement and rates of learning rather than what you know at any point in time. Certainly. Yeah, I think another piece of advice, too, is you know, don't lose sight of your hobbies either. It really disappoints me when I talk to people and, hey, so what do you kind of do for fun? And they kind of start talking about, you know, how they're like working on some policies for this. I'm like, well, let's, you know, do golf. (laughs) You know, (laughs) don't lose sight of what makes you really happy and, you know, just makes you a more interesting person if you have, you know, additional vocations or other things that you like to spend time on. Yeah, speaking personally, I think when I first started in the industry, it was like I try to leave my home self at home and adopt the work persona. And I would think of, you know, who do I want to be like or model? And what I found is the less I do that, and maybe it is the privilege of getting older, I don't know. The less I do that, the more people want to connect and do things. The the business gets better. Certainly. It doesn't hide that. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't hide it at all. I used to hide it, actually. I mean, truth be told, I, I didn't really tell anybody that I was a you know, pilot or you know, did flight instruction or anything like that, which is actually kind of the polar opposite of your typical pilot because you know, the, the kind of joke in the industry is if you're at a party and you know there's another pilot there, how do you know which guy is the pilot? It's the one that's telling everybody that he's the pilot. 
Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I always kind of kept that line of, you know, what I do in my personal life and work life. Well, there's also the fear that people will stick you in a corner, right? It's if you pull out the pilot card, they're going to be like, well, he's a pilot. Is he really a security guy? Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. I think that's mostly in our own heads. That's true. That's, but that's true. a big leap of faith for people to take. Uh, maybe that it's a good point. privilege of maturity. Maybe it's just the pain of maturity that that <laughs> point. That's true. Um, do you have any other hobbies that you've been hiding for the last 20 years that you suddenly want to tell folks you know, or uh, anything I did, we didn't touch on? I, uh, I generally don't tell people I play the bass guitar. That's because, cool. Uh, I just do it in the comfort of my own home and not in front of anybody except for my wife. Uh, see, <laughs> and you'd be a good security guy if you play bass guitar. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> she uh, runs away, actually. When I just, so. Do you play it well or is it, do you play in a band, for instance? No, I, I don't play in a band. I don't consider myself a great player. You know, I wound up uh, picking it up for a stress reliever. Um, really, I wanted to learn how to play an instrument. I always loved the bass. I took five years of lessons, went through theory, uh, reading music, the whole nine yards, and um, enjoyed every minute of it. So, three quarters of the audience will, will hate this. I've always found the bass not just soothing, but I've always found it always holds, everyone will say the drums does or take your pick, but I've always felt it holds most groups together. And I always listen to that bass line, but. Yeah, I think so too. You know, and, and a lot of times, you know, if you're like humming a song or something like that, you're typically humming the bass line. Yeah. You know, or yeah, because I still something. don't love bass solos generally, but I'll leave that. I'll leave you know, that I don't you. either. Yeah. I don't either. I, I, I like being a support player and uh, helping the uh, the glue bring the song together. So, but this isn't too out of left field. What do you think is the base of a security department? What's the what's the glue that that sort of gets the cadence right? Oh, is there something like that? You can, if you don't have an answer for it, I, I pose that to our listeners to think about. But if you have one, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the, the base of the uh, security department is. Maybe, you know, some of the, uh, really the, the folks in the trenches, maybe, um, you know, InfoSec analysts and stuff like that, people just getting it done and making it happen. It's more like a strong foundation. What's the rock on which it's built? Certainly. Yeah, and that, that is ultimately people, however you slice it. Well, we're approaching the end of our time. I would like to just ask you one last question. You probably have heard this if you've listened to the previous podcast. We try to do like a risk management type theme uh, around these, but usually it winds up much more personal and about something as dry as risk management. But we do do a little poker theme sometimes. So uh, I've been thinking about putting together a poker game for people who've been on the podcast. Would you be interested in being part of such a thing and, and taking part and uh, meeting up with fellow CISOs and what have you? I absolutely would. I don't play poker uh, regularly, but I uh, can't wait to uh, try on my poker face. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, it would be relatively low stakes or for a charity or something. But Cool. That uh, sounds good. Yeah, we'll try and have some fun with it maybe uh, if, if there's a regional meetup or if, uh, if there's a show we can do it at. Uh, so, Certainly. TJ, I just want to say thank you for joining me today. It's been wonderful. I really appreciate you, Sam. talking to you. Appreciate uh, having me on, on the show.